It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the 2023 season Daytona preview show here on the Atop the Pitbox podcast. I've got Josh and Justin along here with me to uh, go through all this, guys. It's good to see you. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Zach? Art, how are you doing? Good, good. All, all is well here. I'm uh, excited for this. Can't believe this is already here. You know, this is one of 36 potential episodes here for the year. So uh, excited to get started. With that being said, we are very happy to announce that our title sponsor is back for another year of fancy NASCAR, ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com, homes in the Lake of the Ozark area. Uh, it's in the Margaritaville area to be exact, and it is a great vacation spot to get away to. They have homes that sleep 10 to 19 people, depending on how big your, you know, your group, your family is. And it's a fantastic place to host your vacation, family reunion, bachelor or bachelorette parties, or if you just want to go down there and, and golf, as they have quite a few good golf courses around the area. And I know, Josh, you've been there quite a few times. Uh, give us your personal experience of of their, you know, this houses in the area. Yeah, it's a, I, I've been there every year for the last uh, five or six years, and it's awesome. The, the, the spots are, are clean, updated, lots to do around the, the resort there. You can go on the water. They've got a, uh, a restaurant slash pool that you that's really close. Uh, golf, like you mentioned, just a lot of a lot of things to do around the resort and on the resort. It is definitely something if you're looking to to get out of town and and get away for a weekend. It's a great spot. So uh, please go visit their website, ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Check out their houses. Please uh, give them a, a a visit and and check out the the properties they have down there at the Ozarks. Well, before we get too far into the podcast here. Uh, we do have a couple of quick housekeeping items that I want to cover. Uh, so first, this offseason, we have seen a lot of change. So we built a website that's that houses all of our league stats, created an online submission channel, and we've been working really hard to further our Twitter brand. What that means for everybody is we have a lot of new rookies to the league, people that are going to be playing for their first year. So just really wanted to give a shout out to all of the the first timers, welcome to the league, and we are super excited to have you guys here with us. Also, the people that are coming back for the you know people that have played before and are back, want to welcome you back to the league. We're just really excited for this this year and the number of entrants that we've had, the the interest that we've had in the league. It's only growing, and uh, we are very excited to be uh, to have everyone a part of this league. And we look forward to interacting with you guys through Twitter and the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, the plan for this year is going to be to record the podcast on Monday nights and then have it published for you all on Tuesday mornings. Look out for a separate email that we will send soon that will have a link to the podcast so that you can subscribe to the show and then know as soon as the new episodes drop each week. With that being said, we will not have a new episode next week, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, so no racing for next week. And then the following week will be a little bit different. 
as Norton and I will be in Daytona for the 500. So that's going to be super awesome to be there, but it does put us a little behind on updating all the last minute entries and getting the results from the, the race out. So for that week only, we are going to record on Wednesday night, and then the new episode will be available on Thursday. That is just for that week, and then we'll get back to our regular schedule. The last thing I wanted to mention in regards to the podcast is that there are a couple ways for you to interact with us and the podcast. First, there's going to be a memo link in each episode that you can use to send us whatever's on your mind. So it can be about the race, the fantasy league, you want to ask us a question, use that link and uh, send us a message. And the other way is to actually come on the podcast. We love to get to know our league members. So if it's something that is interesting to you and you would like to be a guest on the podcast, let us know and uh, we can get that scheduled. One last thing, other ways to interact with us and the other league members throughout the year, Twitter. Uh, Norton does a great job of live tweeting uh, most races when he can, um, interacting with everyone through the Twitter. The other avenue is going to be the Discord. Uh, this is something we set up last year. Didn't really take off like we were hoping for, uh, but with the additional league members this year, maybe we can get that up and running. So if you don't know what a Discord is, it's basically an app that acts like a giant group chat for specific topics. So fancy NASCAR, for example. So the hope is that uh, people can interact with each other, everyone that's in the league in a, in a more uh, private setting. So look out for an email coming out with all of our social media links to our podcast, to the discord. If you need help joining the discord, let us know more than happy to, to help you out. So with that out of the way, we are going to turn it over to our commissioner, Mr. Norton, who's going to do a brief overview of the rules of the league. All right. And uh, before I get too deep into that, I do want to send a quick shout out since we were talking about interacting with people on Twitter to uh, D's Lugnuts podcast. They had us on in their last episode, um, helping us promote our league. And we just want to give them a shout out on our episode as well. So thanks to uh, Julian and Jojo for having us on. And we look forward to interacting with them going forward the rest of the season. All right, moving on to the league overview. And this is, you can find this at atopofpitbox.com. Um, basically what I'm going to run through here, but I will uh, get this out here so that you guys have another avenue to, to get the overview on. So high level, um, our league consists of getting five drivers from an $80 salary pool. And those are your five drivers for the season. So you pick five at the beginning and um, the system is similar to golf, lowest score wins. Points are given based on their finishing position of the drivers. So one point for first, two points for second, et cetera. If your driver is not racing due to any sort of thing. So last year we had a couple of concussions. Uh, points will be given based on the finishing position of the car. If neither your driver or the car starts the race, uh, you'll receive 50 points for that week. Only NASCAR points races are used for our fantasy results. And we do also offer some discounts to drivers, point discounts. Uh, race winner gets five points off. So if, you're, if your driver wins a race, one of your five drivers wins the race, that's a five-point deduction. Stage winners are three-point deductions. And if your driver leads the most laps, that is a three-point deduction as well. So again, lowest score wins, and it's accumulative throughout the season. So there's no 
season long management, setting any lineups, you get your five drivers each week and, uh, and roll with it. So with that said, um, we do offer one driver swap anytime during the season um, or during, I should say, until the green flag of the Coca-Cola 600. So essentially halfway through the season, uh, you have an opportunity to take one driver off your team, replace it with another. You just have to make sure you stick within that $80 salary cap. Values are the same from, from the beginning of the season. We also have a playoff format. Uh, it starts at the Southern 500 on September 3rd. That's also when the actual NASCAR playoffs start. So our league playoff format aligns with NASCAR schedule. In the top 25% of the field, roughly 25%, will, be, will make it into the playoffs. And again, that begins with the Southern 500 on September 3rd. What we do there is reset the points for the playoff field, starting with zero points for the first place driver and going on up 1.2 points, et cetera. The elimination rounds will also coincide with NASCAR. We'll eliminate a fourth of the playoff field each round. And the reason I'm not giving exact numbers is because the playoff field will be determined based on the number of entrants we have. Uh, so what this does is results in the top 25% of the playoff contenders competing in the championship race at Phoenix for the champion of our atop the pit box league. Uh, the contenders that make it to the championship race at Phoenix will all reset to zero points. So if you make it into the final, that final 25%, you, you reset your points to zero and the best lowest score of that race for our league wins the league. If there is a tie to advance to the next round, tiebreakers will be determined by the fewest points in the regular season. And if there is no tiebreaker applicable there, all tied participants will advance to the next round. Uh, those who make the playoffs but are eliminated in one of the playoff rounds will continue to accrue points and compete against the entire playoff field for uh, potential payout is basically what that is for. So if you miss you know, the first round of, of the playoffs, you could still finish higher than where you ended up getting eliminated at for potential payout. The only time this doesn't work is if you uh, the, the final – final contenders at the race in Phoenix. Uh, you can't pass them for, for payout spot. So I know that was a lot of uh, redundant information for those that have been in the league, but we've got a lot of new people in. So um, that was kind of a summary. We do have a new, new item in 2023. It's the consolation playoffs. So what this is for is you know, to keep interest in those, in those entries that don't make that final playoff spot. We're gonna have uh, three consolation playoff brackets the winner of the consolation bracket, first place out of those brackets, will get a bonus payout this year. Speaking of payouts, final season payouts will be determined based on the number of entries we get. And I will announce that in that first week's results that we send out. Um, we usually try to pay out about top 10%. So we don't have an exact number of that until we know who's all in. Additional bonus payouts for 2023. Um, we've got three, two, two coming back from last year, uh, $25 bonus payout to the lowest total score in one race of the season and $50 to the regular season winner. So that will be crowned just before that Southern 500 race that we discussed this year. We're also adding a $25 payout to rookie of the year. And it sounds like by the looks of things, we're going to have a, a big field there for that. We've got 
over half our entries so far are rookies. So great news there, but that'll be a fun battle to watch. And then finally, the three, three payouts for the consolation playoff brackets, uh, $50 to the top tiered consolation bracket, $35 to the second consolation bracket, and $25 to the third and final consolation bracket. And those are the winners of those brackets. So that's, that's an overview. It was detailed, I understand. But again, if you have any questions, go check out atop of thipbox.com. Uh, basically everything I just ran through there is outlined on our website. A lot of information there. So uh, just a lot of stuff that we want to cover on this first podcast. But we actually, we have a race to to talk about. It's not a points race, but it was cars on a track. So let's let's talk about it, Zach. What are, you, what are your thoughts on the clash? Surprise, surprise. Zach thinks the race wasn't very well. Uh, <laughs> so so I know 2023 that's a is going to be the same as 2022. We're just we're going to hate on every race. Well, j- just the first race. Even the drivers <laughs> were saying that after the race, too. Unfortunately, I think we got spoiled with the race last year. I think there was four or five total cautions. And this year, I think there was almost 16, somewhere around 16 cautions. Essentially just turned into a demolition derby when uh, instead of trying to pass a car clean or, you know, just give them the, a small bump and run. Um, there were many instances where drivers would just plow their way into a driver and basically wreck them uh, to get around them. So if you like short track racing and a bunch of wrecks, then you got your whiff. Uh, overall, though, I thought it was, you know, it was a decent race to watch. Um the biggest storylines to me coming out of that race was Kyle Busch getting wrecked, sent to the back, 40-ish laps to go, still found his way up to the top three, uh, which I thought was really impressive. Martin Truex Jr., man, if if that's an indication of how his season's going to go, look out for Martin Truex Jr. And, and I know that other drivers are shaking in their boots because MTJ is going to have a dominant season, in my opinion. And last but not least, the biggest surprise to me was was Ryan Priest, first time in the next-gen car. Uh, he does have a modified short track background, which definitely helped. Uh, but, man, he was up there in the top five competing competing for the win. You know, and I think he actually led there for a while, too. So uh, that might be another driver to watch here this season especially on the short tracks that, you know, that's kind of his bread and butter with the the modified background he has. So uh, it was just nice to have a race. It's nice to uh, get the season started. But with that being said, Josh, what what were your thoughts on the clash? What's Ryan Priest? What's his value? He is an 11 point driver. Wow. All right. A little higher than I thought, but yeah. So he had a good run. Um, Overall, I thought it was entertaining. I, I understand what you're saying about the bump and run and the 16 cautions. I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, we couldn't even get through a lap without having another caution. I really was a fan of the heats, the, you know, the, the drama about who's going to be where and who's going to qualify. You saw Brad K and uh, who's the other RFK guy. Um, Busher. Busher didn't make it. So that team didn't have anybody in in the 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 main event. Overall, I, for an exhibition race, I think it was it was fine. Um, I don't think that I would want to see this type of race for points, but 
for for the first race of the year. Cool venue, cool setup, cool uh, race all day with the the heats, and then the fi- the the main event later. Overall, I thought it was was pretty interesting. So I I, I don't hate it as much as you do, but it's uh, I I can understand what you're saying as far as the some of that racing. Well, and so, you know, after the race, Martin Truex was interviewed and he's just like, I've raced plenty of, of short track races in my day. Uh, I can't remember what his upbringing is, but I assume it's, you know, modified uh, late models, maybe, maybe some of the uh, asphalt type stuff. Uh, but he's like, no 150 lap race should last this long. So he threw out a couple ideas to maybe, you know, shorten, shorten the time up in regards to how long the race took whether that's count the caution laps for the first 75 laps or up to the 75 lap mark and then after that then you only count green plague laps that was his idea i think that's a good idea uh 150 lap race should not take that long and it just took way too long in my opinion but again for an exhibition race first race of the year a lot of fireworks uh we'll see if any of any of the wrecks lead to uh some more drama down the line Specifically, Kyle Bush and Joey Logano. Kyle Bush, in his his post race interview, basically called Logano out and, and said, uh, "Don't be two faced to me. You you want to you you know you don't like me. Don't talk to me. Uh, wreck me. You know, flat out wreck me. Didn't get hit from behind. Uh, he owes Joey Logano. So we'll see if if Kyle Bush tries to get some payback here this season on Joey Logano, which I think almost Same. everybody would love to see. Same." freaking Kyle Bush in a different car like he's just it's an exhibition and he's gonna sit there and bitch and why it's just the guy man I I try to like him I try to give him the benefit of the doubt and then he just but, doesn't dude like he, got, he got he flat out got wrecked he did flat but do you think that Logano did wrecked. it on purpose uh, or did or Logano just get in too high who knows who knows to but immediately had, play victim had, and say that it was a purpose wreck is just the most Kyle Bush thing to do. You got to understand, though, there's a history between those two drivers. So you factor in the history of those two drivers, and then you factor in Logano not getting hit from behind. A lot of the wrecks were, were basically a domino effect, but the Logano Kyle Bush incident was nobody else involved. It was Logano got into Bush, spun him. And that's what he has to go off of. So I'm not taking sides here. I'm just saying they have a pass. You absolutely are taking sides. <laughs> I, I don't know if Legano did it on purpose or not is what I meant by that. I have right. no idea. But they have a past. And I think it's going to be fun to see if Kyle Busch takes, takes it out on Legano throughout the season because of his comments that he said. It will be interesting to see. And if he does, then – he's even more of a little bitch than I think he is. So oh, um, I, I think that would make him less of a bitch. That means he's actually does what he says. And like Denny Hamlin, Oh, I'm going to make his life. Oh, I'm going to wreck him. Oh, I'm going to take him out. What do you do? He never did a thing, man. So I hope Kyle Bush gives payback <laughs> to Joey Logano. I really do. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see, see what happens if, if it's all just talk or not. So let's get into some, NASCAR news, free agency from the last couple of months here. What, what has changed in NASCAR? So we, there's there's quite a bit to go over. The first thing, Toyota came out 
and said that they would like to field roughly nine to 10 cars from a manufacturer standpoint starting in 2024. Currently, they field six full-time NASCAR entries, so they're looking to add three to four uh, new Toyota entries next year. Now, they wouldn't say how they plan to do that, whether that's new owners coming into the sport or whether that's going to like an RFK or a smaller type team uh, or organization and, and kind of flipping them into the Toyota umbrella. But they, they do want to expand. And from a resource standpoint, it makes sense. From a technology standpoint, uh, notebook, all that fun stuff, it makes sense to have more Toyotas out there. Because if you've watched NASCAR here in the last two to three years, especially at the plate plate tracks, they're always talking about how Toyota's kind of um, outgunned in regards to not having a lot of teammates out there, a lot of Toyotas out there to kind of race with. So uh, we'll see if we get some new owners coming in or, or if they, you know, go to organizations that exist today and, and get them to sign on with Toyota. Chase Briscoe did sign a contract extension with Stuart Haas Racing. Him and Ryan Priest are the only drivers under contract for 2024 uh, with Stuart Haas Racing. So they have two seats open. Harvick's already announced his retirement. He's going to the Fox announcer's booth starting next year. And the other wild card driver uh, is Eric Amarola. He was going to retire before this year, decided to come back. Uh, we'll see if he comes back again next year. But as of now, they only have two drivers under contract uh, for next year moving forward. So we'll kind of see how that plays out through the season. NASCAR made some big announcements here about a week ago. Uh, a lot of rule changes going into this season. And I just wanted to touch base on a couple of the, the big ones or the high-level ones that I thought were most important. Uh, the, the big one to me is there's no more cautions uh, interrupting the flow of competition on road courses. So I know you had a lot of heartburn over some of the race strategy involved on road courses, whether the pit before the stage end or ended or uh, get to stage points and then be in the back of the pack. So moving forward, there is no caution or stage breaks or, or cautions on road courses. Stage points will still be awarded on that lap, but there will be no caution. So are you pretty pumped about that, Josh? That is the best news. So <laughs> if you listen, if you listen to podcast last year, I was constantly uh, confused as to why NASCAR would set it up that teams had to choose between winning a stage and winning the race. And so this eliminates that. I think it's a, a great change and I'm looking forward to, to the road courses. I will say I, we don't know if it will truly eliminate that because they're still going to be trying to race for stage points. They just won't throw a caution on that stage break. So I think you're going to have a lot more mixed strategy involved. I don't know, again, if you necessarily have fully eliminated that, but I guess we'll see during the first road course race if they still kind of race like they did last year or if, or if that kind of changes things moving forward. So we'll see how that goes. The move talked about around the world last year was the Hail Melon by Ross Chastain. And unfortunately, NASCAR says no more moving forward. They will issue a penalty if a driver tries to attempt that. Now, uh, I get where NASCAR is coming from. There is a massive safety issue with what he did there that could have went really really wrong it didn't it worked out all the stars aligned but nascar says no more 
Uh, there will be a penalty, and it is a time penalty on pit roads. Uh, no more of the Hail Melon. What are your thoughts? I think Bob Pockris said it best. He said, my heart doesn't like it, but my head understands it. And and that's kind of how I feel. I, I hate that this rule goes away because it was such a cool move. It was such a historic NASCAR event. But if you're NASCAR and you have people trying this at every track, there's just so much possibility for, for error on the driver. The driver I mean, something could happen in the stands, could be another car. I mean, it, a lot could go wrong. So I think they had to make this move. It's unfortunate that we won't see it again, but I'm just happy that I got to see it the first time around. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I get why NASCAR is doing it. It's a bummer, but it makes sense from a safety standpoint. Speaking of safety, NASCAR is expanding the tracks where wet weather equipment will be used. So in the past, they've never been able to race in rain. Then they added windshield wipers for the road course races, uh, along with some rain tires. Um, but moving forward, the LA Coliseum, which we just had, Martinsville, New Hampshire, North Wilkesboro, Phoenix, and Richmond will use the wet weather equipment package this year moving forward. So we could we could get a couple rain rain races on our hands. And at that point, it's a complete wild card on how these teams uh, perform and who ultimately wins that race. How did they decide those tracks? Why those tracks? The only thing I can think of is they're, they're short tracks, essentially. They're, they're smaller tracks on the circuit. Other than that, I mean, well, and that and the speeds. The speeds aren't as high as, say, you know, an oval or, or a super speedway. So... I think it's a combination of just the track length and then the speeds just aren't as high there uh, compared to most tracks. Playoff eligibility moving forward. So this this could have impacted Corey LeJoy last year. This is the first first uh, and only driver that stood out to me in regards to this new rule change. But uh, in the past, playoff eligibility was limited to the top 30 in points. So you had to win a race and be in the top 30 in points or point your way in, but be in the top 30 in points. Uh, that is no more. You still have to compete in all the races to be eligible or get a waiver from NASCAR if you miss any time. And the thing that, again, reminds me of last year is Corey LaJoy at Atlanta was leading the race, almost won it. He was outside of the top 30 in points, but he would have – uh, and he would have missed the playoffs if he would have won that race, even though he did win. So uh, with that being said, moving forward, you can be outside the top 30 in points. But if you win a race, you still qualify to get in as long as there obviously is uh, 16 or fewer winners, which we'll get to that in a little bit. The last rule change that I thought was pretty important is there's going to be no more four race suspensions for wheels falling off. Seemed like that was a pretty hot topic last year. We talked about it quite a bit, uh, but there's differing degrees of penalties depending on where the wheel falls off, whether it's pit road, whether it's the racetrack, um, but there will be no four race suspensions moving forward, which I think is pretty important because that altered the strategy for teams uh, and, and kind of put them behind the A-ball for those four races, losing crew members as well as their crew chief. Yeah, I think these these rules are are pretty good. I I know NASCAR gets a lot of shit for 
a lot of things that they do wrong, but I'm pretty impressed with the changes that they make from year to year. Uh, it sounds like, I mean, a lot of these things just make sense. The, the weather tires, you know, the, the, uh, wet weather, uh, equipment, the adjustment to the races, the suspensions for the tires falling off, you know, obviously it depends on the situation. So I, I think these are, are really good changes and, and should make for an exciting 2023. Speaking of the season, what are we, what are we thinking about for this season? There's a lot of, uh, a lot of storylines that we kind of are following throughout the year. And uh, what are your overall thoughts, Zach, about what's going to happen here in the 2023 NASCAR season? I'm really excited to see how this season goes. Uh, if you think about last year, the next-gen car was brand new for these teams. They now have a year under their belt. Uh, they've got some notebooks built up. You should see a lot better racing, in my opinion, uh, since they've got some experience with this car now. Whether or not we get into 19 different drivers like we did last year, I, I personally think we're going to see under that amount. But I will say that there's still going to be a lot of parity. Uh, with this car, I don't think that'll ever change. But the big organizations, they're going to find a couple, you know, tweaks here and there that are going to set themselves apart from the uh, smaller, underfunded organizations. Uh, I'm really excited to see the All Star Race at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, bringing back an old iconic track from back in the day. Uh, so again, I'm really excited to see that. I'm also excited to see the Chicago Street Race. Um, that it might. <laughs> I hope it I hope it goes well, uh, but they're trying to, you know, do something uh, to emulate F1. Chicago is my favorite city in America. I just I love Chicago. I love NASCAR. So I hope that race goes well so that they uh, potentially have more of those down the line. But those are the two big races that stick out to me. But from an overall uh, season standpoint, I'm really excited to see what these teams have learned during the offseason, kind of changes they make uh, and. and when we get to 16, when we get to 17, 18 different, different winners, it's, it's going to be a fun season to watch. What are your thoughts? So do you think we get to, you say you're thinking under 19 winners, different winners? Yeah, I don't think we get, I don't think we get to 19 this year. I, I just think that was kind of like a, a, a one-off Luke type year uh, with teams trying to learn this new car. I could be wrong, but I, I would take the under if I was a betting man. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know how far under, though. I think it could be 16, 15, 16, 17 in there. Uh, 19 is going to be pretty difficult to to top, but it uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams adjust to, to the last year. We've got a couple, a few new drivers in new rides this year. And so of all the new drivers that are, are in different cars, is there a driver that stands out to you that, you think is going to really just have a, a really, really good year in their new car. There's two drivers to me that stand out. Kyle Busch has got to be the first, first driver that everyone thinks about. He's in a new car, but it's a, it's a team that is returning everybody from last year minus the driver. So the car is good. The team is good. It's a race-winning team, and you throw a two-time cup champion in that car. I see good things happening for Kyle Busch this year. I also see A.J. Allmendinger having a somewhat surprise but good season. Uh, he showed really good results toward the end of last year. 
college racing is on the up and up, in my opinion, in regards to organizations in NASCAR. They've got speed. He's a road course ringer, so he's going to be good at road courses. I think AJ Allmendinger has has a surprise uh, is a surprising good season uh, in 2023. Anybody stand out to you? So I am really. I think Tyler Reddick is going to have a really good year on his team. Uh, joining 2311 in the 45 car, you saw really good performances from that team last year. Bubba Wallace had a, a really good night last night. Uh, I think that that car and that team is 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 poised for a really good year. One other driver that I'm really interested to watch, and I, I probably won't have him on my fantasy team, but he's he's kind of one that I will keep my eye on, and that's Ty Gibbs, just to kind of see – how he fits into the nat to the cup series level. Uh, we know his issues that he's had or his uh, incidents that he had in the Xfinity cup. What has he learned? How aggressive will he be? Will he push other drivers and, and not make friends or is he going to try to race clean and, um, and, 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 and race that way. So I'm, I don't know how he'll do, but I'm, I'm really excited to see those two drivers in their new cars one thing I wanted to ask you is short tracks. So we, we saw a short track last night. What are the chances that we see better short track racing this year with the teams having a whole nother year and, you know, understanding the cars on that, that type of, of track. Well, they did some testing here uh, probably three, four weeks ago in regards to spoiler size on the car to see if that would help with the, the short track program that they have today. I think you're going to see a better product overall, just because these teams have had a full year under their belt. They've had an off season to kind of figure some things out. With, with that being said, I'm cautiously optimistic because the short track program, the short track races were so bad compared to years past that even if it is slightly better to me, it's still not where it needs to be. Uh, so it's still a wild card, in my opinion, I, I'm a, Hoping that it's better, but uh, I guess we'll see throughout the first part of the season if these teams have made any progress in regards to that. Um, do you think it's going to be better? Do you think having a year under know. the belt is going to improve it or what? I'm hoping. Um, you know, I'd hate to have people go to Bristol and see the worst short track race that they've ever seen. So uh, <laughs> I would hate to hate to be that pe those people. But um, yeah, what idiots. I really don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, I I guess I just hope that the teams can figure it out and we can we can get a better product on on the short tracks because that's that's what you know the backbone of NASCAR. That's what a lot of fans like to see is that short track racing. So that product needs to be on point if uh, if we're gonna have a, a positive year. So we thought it would be fun to make a couple of bold predictions. So we're gonna get Norton back in here and we're gonna all drop a prediction that we consider bold. So Zach, I know you said you had multiple bold predictions. Do you want to go first with your best one? The the crazier of the two bold prediction. I think AJ Allmendinger makes the round of eight in the playoffs this year. Based on his me? short. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say too? You kidding me? Yes. Wow. Well, oh there you go. You're real bold, guys. You guys I knew both. I should have gone first. 
All right, I'll put that one under Norton. The whole my my whole, yeah, that's fine. I have another one, but my whole logic with that is, is uh, you look at you look at how the the playoff schedule lays out, and he's got some really good tracks in in the first two rounds of the playoffs, including Charlotte some road, road courses. Course. So, yeah, um, I just think. If the season goes as well as the season ended for him last year, I think he could seriously make the round of eight, which would be a shocker. I mean, no one has him as a top eight driver, a top eight team in NASCAR. So uh, to me, that would be a bold prediction. Okay. And, and Norton agrees with me. Uh, the other prediction that I was going to have, and I don't know if you would call this a bold prediction or not, but just with, with him joining new teams, uh, to me, it's a bold prediction. I think Kyle Busch wins two plus races this year. He's got the speed. They've got the speed. He's got the talent. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I just think he he goes out and actually uh, wins two or more races this year. Okay, Norton, what's your backup uh, bold prediction for the year? Um, Eric Jones, I think that. I'm not ready to put him in the top eight because that's where I had Almondinger, but I think Eric Jones makes a good run. I think he gets two wins this year before the playoffs. Um, yeah. Two wins before the playoffs? Yeah, I think he gets two wins before the playoffs. Wow. Okay. That's pretty bold. Sure is. All right. So my bold prediction, I kind of went a different way here. You guys are all looking at people that are winning. I'm going to say Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, and Kyle Busch, zero wins all year for all, for all those teams. Now, Bold I did – I wrong, did, but – Yeah, way, <laughs> so, way to be wrong. So, so at least last night didn't count, so Truex got it out of the, out of the system. Um, but I think – yeah, I think Kyle Busch is going to struggle in his uh, in his new ride. Um He's already whining about Logano, so the other drivers are in his head already. Harvick, unfortunately, I think is on his his uh, farewell tour. He's, I, I think that sport has passed him by, and then Truex uh, just kind of felt like a, a guy that wasn't gonna wasn't gonna win this year. That Zach's favorite driver not winning, both favorite drivers really. I, the, this was kind of aimed at you, Zach, unintentionally, but get him, yeah, Zach. Tell uh, him why he's wrong. Well, so. Reason why I, this reason is bold predictions, one, though. But these—that's a moronic prediction on your part. <laughs> Kevin Harvick has nothing to lose this year. He knows what he's doing next year. He's playing with house money this year, which makes him a very dangerous driver. And we saw what he did last year when he won. Floodgates open, won two in a row. If my memory serves me right, was one of the best fantasy drivers last year, and made the playoffs and looked pretty solid. So. That prediction seems just crazy. Martin Truex Bold. knocking on the door all of last year. He, he, the team either had poor pit stops, they made a poor pit strategy call, or they just lacked speed in certain areas, and that's what cost him. You look at the race last night, short track race. He was the fastest car by a long shot won the race look out for martin truex jr this year i'm telling you he even said yeah we are going to be dangerous look out for martin truex jr 
you don't shut last, that talent out two years in a row. Just doesn't happen. Agreed. You can, just like the Minnesota, I, I I give the analogy of Martin Truex in the Minnesota Vikings last year. They lost a lot of one score games this year. They won a lot of games that were one score games. I'm saying the cream rises to the top. The odds all even themselves out. This is the year Martin Truex gets back to his winning ways. That's the comparison I'm using there. Last but not least, Kyle Busch. This man has so many doubters to prove wrong with how last year ended. I am telling you, he wins two or more races, and I would not be shocked if he's competing in the Final Four for a championship at the end of this season. You want to bet on so, that? I'm not betting, but it's – it, it, there's no chance those guys go winless this year. There is zero chance of that happening. Josh, you definitely win for most bold predictions because I thought we were making three bold predictions. drivers with the biggest chips on their shoulders. This yeah. season. Like the top three drivers with biggest chips on their shoulders. And, and they easily could win. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a hundred percent good. I came up with a bold prediction. So there's a difference wanna, between I'm, bold and, and something that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I'm, I threw it out there. So we're going to roll revisit these bold predictions as the, uh, as the year goes on and we'll kind of yeah, we keep an eye on Josh's predictions out. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to let Josh remember this bold prediction of his every single week. I will listen. I will cut this, this little clip. I will cut it when, uh, if any of these drivers actually win a race this year. So. Um, this is built right. real for these three, which is <laughs> the last thing they need. <laughs> listen, if if any three of those listen to this podcast and use me as bolts and board <laughs> material, I'm I'm taking that as an honor. So I'll 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 take it. So let's get into final four picks. So we're gonna pick our final four and a champion. I'm going first this time. All right, yeah, you, don't, don't <laughs> let Zach take your yep, your team. What are your what are your final four and who's your champion? So after this conversation, I'm going to start with Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, <laughs> Christopher Bell, and Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott is not in the final four. Okay, and who's your champion? Ryan Blaney. <laughs> He's got to finish a race first. There's no way. He's he can't also, wreck leaving he's pit road. Minnesota Viking. He can't yeah. have it the same year he had last year. Yeah, and then he did last night. Mm-hmm. Last Don't night was bad. It. All right, Zach, who's your final four? I'm rolling with Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr. You going to get in without win? And Joey Logano. Wow. Okay. In my so you champion, took two twenties and a nineteen. That I guess this wasn't yeah. a bold prediction, but I mean, you're just picking the final four, man. Yeah. Okay. And Who's your champion? So, do I use my head or do I use my heart? Use whatever you want, man. I am gonna go with a bold prediction here and say Martin. Truex Jr. wins the 2023 NASCAR championship. Wouldn't it be wild if he makes it in on points and then finishes second at Phoenix 
and wins the championship without winning a race? I don't know. That would be why. But so you could be right, I, and then I my my prediction stays accurate. That's true. That would be nuts. I mean, I'd take it all day. I'd take it all day. But uh, I I don't see less than sixteen different winners this year. So I don't not sure that's possible. But time will tell. All right. So for the last but not least, my final four. So my final four is Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin. And my champion, for the first time in his career, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, right. He's got to get one, man. He's got to get one, nope. and this is the year. Nope. Talk about father now. time. Yeah, I know he's it's he's got this is it this is he's running out of time it's got to be this year so other time is not on his side I'm taking Hamlin as as my champion so we will put these away and uh, at the end of the year we will revisit this and see just how completely wrong all of us were guys there's a reason that we aren't journalists we are very biased (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was yeah, uh, I don't really our favorite drivers we just picked for the championship <laughs> well yeah i mean did me picking logano surprise you guys more than bush yeah yeah you didn't have bush I, really, I really wanted bush in the final four but i just think that's a lot to ask year one with your team i, I still think he makes the playoffs and possibly makes a deep run but not to the championship all right, so we got our so. season predictions out of the way, which brings us to the final segment, and that is our race preview. What race we got this to preview this week, Zach? This is the Super Bowl of NASCAR, the first race of the season, the Daytona 500. It's in Daytona Beach, Florida, at the Daytona International Speedway. You guys are going. Can't wait to hear about your experience there. You guys can make all the mistakes, learn what to do, what not to do, so that when we all go together again, it is the best experience possible. We're doing this right for you, now. I, I appreciate it, man. You guys are like my little travel agent, just uh, going down there, experiencing it for yourselves. It's it's very thoughtful of you. Happy to do it. Too kind. You're too kind. Uh, as, of, as of right now, there are 42 confirmed entries for the Daytona 500, uh, which means there are six cars vying for the final four spots. So, what sets this racetrack or this race, I should say, uh, apart from others is they have the dual races. So, next Sunday, they will have qualifying for the 500 which locks in the top two cars. So the first first and second place cars in qualifying time are locked in to the Daytona 500. That's where they start. Positions three through 36 are then determined based on the finishing order of the dual races on Thursday. Uh, again, this is different than most races, but uh, it's kind of cool and kind of sets it apart since it's the biggest race of the season in NASCAR. In regards to Daytona International Speedway itself, the track has a large lake in the infield called Lake Lloyd. This dirt, it's a man-made lake, 
and they use the dirt to create the high banking in the corners. So uh, you'll see when you guys go there, there is a giant lake in the middle or you'll see it on TV. Uh, that is a man-made lake. Dirt was taken out to then build the speedway, which I thought was pretty cool. Zach's fact number two of the evening is Daytona is known as the world center of racing. It hosts a number of racing series throughout the year, including the Rolex 24 hour race that just occurred here two weeks ago or so. Uh, it's one of the bigger races of the year. So it hosts a lot of racing events throughout the season, which makes it uh, the world center of racing. And for your final Fact of the night, Richard Petty holds the record for the most Daytona 500 wins with seven. Got to give a shout out to Mr. Harlan himself, Tiny Lund. He won the Daytona 500 in 1963 for those keeping track. That concludes your race preview, Zach's Facts of the Night. So last year, Zach and I picked a winner each week, and if we got it right, then the other one got to pie them in the face. The winner got to pie the loser in the face. It took all year. We finally did it. We had to pick two drivers in the last race, but we, we got it, and, and Zach lost. It's on Twitter. You can see it. Uh, it was a, a good time. So this year, what we're going to do is a little different. We've got three people picking now. So... We're all going to pick a driver, and then the driver that finishes highest, that person will win that week. You can only pick the same driver twice, so you're going to have to be a little strategic on, on your drivers. So Julian asked, what is the bet this year between the panel since the loser last year was pied? It's a good question. Uh, I think that if you guys don't have an, uh, an option or a suggestion, we could leave it up to the Twitter universe and see what kind of suggestions that they have if it should be a punishment for the two losers if it should just be a, a something good for the winner what are your guys's thoughts i like putting it up to our followers get a poll out there and see what they think come up with a few options so we're going to make some picks and then the 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 prize or the punishment will be determined uh, a little bit later but something we will all agree to so uh since Norton is new to the podcast this year. I think it's only fair that we let you go first for this uh, for this week. Who are you picking for the Daytona 500 that we will see in person? So only getting to use a driver twice really puts a wrench in in this plan <laughs> for the season. Um, kind of look, got to look at it like a survivor pool almost. Uh, so I'm going to go out of the norm here because we're running at a super speedway and anybody can win it one second here what are we are we allowed to have the same picks if for some reason we have no. the same driver in mind you're not okay no, we each have to have different different drivers okay okay uh i'm gonna go with austin dillon <laughs> <laughs> you can have him have that loser. <laughs> you stole zach's pick He's uh he's a super speedway driver. If he's ever gonna win a race, he's gonna come at a super speedway, some lucky thing where everybody wrecks and he goes on to the finish. It happened so before. Are, Hell, it are happened we gonna last have year, to pick, I think. Are we gonna have to pick a driver? Or, so is Zach at some point gonna have to pick Austin Dillon to win a race? Nope. 
nope. there's enough drivers. All right, that's that's unfortunate. 18, 18 different drivers we got to pick, right? Yep. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So he's gonna have to avoid him. But <laughs> he, he could do it. <laughs> All right, Zach. Who who you got? I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace. Ah, you son of a bitch. All right, I gotta pick a new one. He's bad fast at these super speedway races, and I think he's he's gonna have a really good five hundred. Why did I, I let like you go pick. first? Why did I let you go first? Um, oh, you're gonna switch hmm. the order up every every week. We just keep the same order. It'll go in the order of reverse order of <laughs> snake from the it's previous a snake draft. Week. Yeah, it's a snake draft. All right, I'm going. I'm going Chase Briscoe. I'm gonna shout out JP. And uh, I'm going to take Chase Briscoe to – now, remember, it doesn't have to win. Just whoever finishes highest. So it um, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to, to finish first. But I'm going to go with Chase Briscoe for my first, my first pick. So we all kind of took some drivers that weren't the favorites, being that it's Daytona and anybody can win. So it's uh, going to be interesting to see, see what happens. Like you said, Zach, Norton and I will be there. We'll be probably doing some some tweeting with some pictures and uh, follow along with us as we're as we're on our trip. But looking forward to to the race in two weeks. Any final thoughts from you guys? Shout out to our listeners, um, followers on Twitter. Anybody's going to be at the five hundred? Hit us up. We'd love to. We'd love to meet you in person, have a beer, get to know you a little bit, talk NASCAR. So if you're out there, sure. let us know, and, and we'd love to meet you. Yeah, I uh, I did what Norrin says. Shout out to our listeners. Uh, if you guys want us to talk about anything specific, you guys have something in mind for the uh, year-long pick punishment, definitely feel free to drop a uh, message or a tweet. Uh, we love interacting with our fans. So uh, just trying to make this as interactive as possible throughout the year for the listeners. And I'm excited to get this season going. Awesome, guys. Well, glad to be back. Glad to get the first episode out there. And we will be back in two weeks to recap the Daytona. The Atop the Pit Box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes for up to 19 people, so bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spot. I'm on my way.